We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Um, Derek Van Riper's with me today. It's December 13th, and we are back for to preview every game of Week 15 on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, Derek, we've got a huge game tonight. Chargers, Chiefs. This might be the best game of the week. It might be, and a lot of the good games, or at least the, the best teams, are once again all moved into primetime spots. Like I was starting to look at the, the main slate for DFS purposes, and I hate it. But the good news is all of your standalone games are very interesting for a variety of different reasons. Lots of injuries in tonight's game, though. I, I'm a little concerned about a few players. Yeah, so, so let's go over that. Um, Spencer Ware, doubtful. So are, are we sold on Damian Williams as the, as the primary back? Are we, how, how worried are we about bust and committee and all that? I, I think Sharkandrick West will be a little bit involved, but I, I think with, with Damian Williams, like, there's always been a, a pass-catching skill set that's got him on the field. Uh, spent a lot of time as a, a third running back in Miami, but caught 20 passes a year for four years. And 
uh, already catching some passes in his limited time with the Chiefs. So I, I think you know, he gets half plus of the carries and then has that pass catching work. And it, it's kind of just the the basic application of, of touches that I've been using is who catches passes and does he also get carries? And in Williams' case, I think that's a yes. Um, so I think that makes him the most valuable of those backs this week. Probably more of a flex play, though. I, I just wonder, are they going to be as effective running the ball as they were earlier in the year with Kareem Hunt? I think we saw a small step back with where we could see another step back with Williams and a little bit of Sharkandrick West sprinkled in. Okay, so on the, the Rotowire weekly projections have Damian Williams at RB17. Erickson's value meter has him at RB30. You sound Erickson, more, Erickson wins. Yeah. Erickson wins that one for you? Okay. I think so. Um, also for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, they were talking about a foot issue early in the week. He's listed as questionable, but he's going to play. I, I mean, it's not like you're going to bench him. So, you know, good luck with that one. Hopefully it's, it's nothing. Melvin Gordon uh, making the trip. It, it, his status seemed to be up in the air. He's listed as questionable. He's, it, it sounds like it's going to be a game-time decision. So if you've got him or if you've got um, – to follow up, Austin Eckler's out. So you're going to have to wait till 7 o'clock Eastern time to know who the inactives are uh, to see if Gordon's on it. First question, if Gordon is active and you own him, do you play him? If he's active, I would play him because I don't think they'd use him if they didn't think he'd be effective. I don't think he's going to play, though. That's just my opinion or estimation based on the reports. Uh, The most recent update that we have on the site is a note from Adam Schefter. According to Schefter, it will be challenging for Gordon to suit up Thursday night at Kansas City. So I'm, I'm kind of erring on the side of Gordon not playing in this one and, and Justin Jackson ending up getting a lot of work. So how confident are you in the case of Gordon's absence? How confident are you in Justin Jackson? I'm assuming you're, you're out on Justin Jackson. If Gordon's active, if Gordon's active, yeah, Jackson kind of falls into a small side of a timeshare role. Like the typical Eckler role, maybe would be something that you could kind of put on him. And that might not be really enough to, to use him in semifinals, but I think if if Jackson is the lead back this week, I like him quite a bit more than Damian Williams, uh, mostly because I I don't see a, a real timeshare there. I mean, I, I think if if Eckler's out and Gordon's out, Jackson gets a chance to be a workhorse this week. Maybe he gets eighteen to twenty touches in that Chargers offense. So uh, Erickson has Justin Jackson at RB twenty two, which I think is about where I have him um, in this case. But I'm waiting on the other news on Gordon. Okay. So I, I have a, I'm going to be selfish for a minute. I have a playoff team that I've been just picking up running backs. So I've got to start three of these guys. You ready? I'm ready. Saquon, that's a lock. Um, I've got to start two of Mixon, Mac, Michelle, Samuels, Damian Williams. This is a tall Mixon. teamer, by the way, and people are just not active on the waiver wire right now. So. All right, so Mixon has been pretty good this year. He's got 4.8 yards per carry. He's facing the Raiders at home. Ran well against the Chargers last week. He's averaging almost 20 touches per game. I think Mixon is a lock for me yep. out of that group. PPR, the by the way. Next spot. Yeah, PPR is even good, too. Because if in the unlikely event that the Raiders start to open up a big lead on the road in Cincinnati, Mixon's not going to disappear. He still gets out there and catches passes. So I, I think Mixon is definitely in. The second spot's tough. If if it looks like James Conner is out again, yep. then Jalen Samuels moves to the top of the list. 
you probably can't play Williams because I don't like him more than those other three guys enough to throw him out there tonight. So you're kind of just crossing Williams off, waiting for news on Connor, playing Samuels if Connor is out, and if Connor is in, then you're choosing between Sony Michelle and Marlon Mack. And I think this week, given their matchups, I am a little bit more comfortable with Sony Michelle than I am with Marlon Mack. It's very close between them. You're worried about Devlin and Burkhead mm-hmm. and James White, but I think if the Patriots are among the highest scoring teams this week, as as the implied total suggests, Sony Michelle has a good chance of getting in on that. All right. Um, actually, actually, I have another matchup um, I mentioned on Tuesday in an auto new league with uh, with our man Pete Shanky. Nice. Good luck. He, he's thirteen and one in this league, by the way. And I snuck it, into the playoffs as one of the final as the fourth team. Pete's probably on our staff. Like he's he's the guy that organizes all the auto new leagues. So yeah. he's probably the most like well versed in the rules for those leagues. Anything that makes them unique. Right. So I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised that he's doing really well. Yeah, I'm looking at. I mean, Julio and Kelsey and T. Y. Hilton. He he did lose Spencer Ware, so I got that going for me. But I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill battle. I'm I, if I, I hope he's not listening before the auction for Damian Williams ends. So because I need I need every bit every bit of help I can get at running back. This is the league where I had the McKinnon guys going into the season, and that didn't work. So anyway, enough of me. Let's go on to the rest of the games. Um, before that, check us out on Twitter. I'm at jhelpin37. Derek is at Derek Van Riper. Uh, our main account is at Rotowire, and the player feed is at Rotowire NFL. And as always, if you're on social media, you can catch us on Facebook. Okay. Uh, we got two Saturday games. First, Texans-Jets. Uh, we are recording this right now. I'm talking 945 Eastern on Thursday morning. Uh, Jets news from Wednesday. Isaiah Crowell did not practice last week. He left the game early. Elijah McGuire was busy are, are you on the Elijah McGuire train against the Texans? Like how, how confident are you that he can be, can he be a top 20 back for you? Maybe based on the workload he can be. Um, that's probably in the range of where he'd, he'd rank if we knew Carell's not going to play. I mean, I think the Elijah McGuire thing can work because again, he catches a lot of passes and now he's got a chance to lead the team in, in carries as well. Um, as, as, pure talent goes i don't know if he's actually good and i don't think i like the matchup much but it's just kind of an all volume sort of grab okay um i don't like the matchup much either uh otherwise in this game it's kind of pretty basic i mean if you own miller or hopkins you're playing them what about watson for you this is the matchup's fine i mean it's a road game the over under is not too high erickson's got watson at QB ten, so he's 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 on the inside of of QB one, I guess. Yeah, he should be. I mean, I I think with the Jets, they've they've had a lot of injuries this year that have made the defense leaky at times. But they're kind of middle of the pack as far as what they've allowed to opposing passers. Uh, I mean, a lot of the damage last week, of course, was Josh Allen running all over him. Marcus Mariota got him in week thirteen. So I, I think as long as as long as those weapons are, are healthy for 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 uh, Watson, and, and they are, like I think he's pretty consistently at least a top ten quarterback, even in like an average type matchup with room for more in any given week. And, and most importantly, Watson himself is healthy right now, or seems to be much healthier than he was coming out of that Dallas game in like week six when he was getting the uh, stethoscope treatment on the sidelines because right. you know that's normal. Okay. 
Um, Browns-Broncos is the Saturday night game. Cortland, Cortland Sutton limited in Wednesday's practice with a quad injury. You're going to need to keep an eye on that. And his status will factor into the other guys. Are you in on either of these? Uh, the, the other two Bronco receivers were a little popular this week. Yeah, I, mean, I think Deshaun Hamilton played more out of the slot last week. And that was kind of the Emmanuel Sanders role. And based on the way Case, Case Keenum plays, that kind of made him the more viable option in that particular matchup. But it, things change. I mean, you, you change up coverages. I mean, you see different corners on the outside. So maybe there's spots where Sutton can actually be useful. I would try to stay away from both in season-long leagues if I can. I think yeah. they're better suited for DFS usage with low prices. Like last week, Deshaun Hamilton was a min-salary player on DraftKings. Like that, that was the appeal. Um, I still think that he could be a very inefficient player, even if he keeps getting opportunities like he had last week. All right. Um, let's go to Sunday. Dolphins Vikings. So the Vikings had some uh, issues this week. They lost after a terrible offensive performance on Monday night. I mean, the Seahawks helped it made make it that. And Mike Zimmer apparently frustrated that they are not running the ball enough. Um, Dalvin Cook, give, give me pick a number out of out of a hat. How many touches do you think he's going to get? Uh, total touches counting that he's been catching a lot of passes too. Uh, I'll say 22 touches for Dalvin cook this week. Okay. So yeah, it's fine. I mean, we, we've been waiting for a big game from him and it kind of hasn't come. You think I mean, we're going to get it? He's played four in a row since the bye and played one before that as well after missing the four games with that injury. So I think this is going to be a pretty big game. Miami's not good against running backs. They're not good at stopping them in the passing game either. Cook has that role over Murray, so I would assume that the first missive of the new offensive coordinator is to get Dalvin Cook more involved, to take some pressure off of Kirk Cousins, and maybe doing that will open up some more things downfield, open up the play action a little bit. There's no reason for Kirk Cousins to be this bad, by the way. When you have right. Thielen and Diggs, you have no excuse for, for being below average. Like There's, there's none. Right. Uh, I agree. He's not. I mean, his offensive line is bad, but, you know, that, that so so are other people's offensive lines. This is the argument I make about Eli Manning all the time. Like you can't just but you know other quarterbacks make it work, and you have to make it work. Like I understand there's limitations that the bad offensive line creates, but you know at at some point the quarterback you can't just say well the quarterback's bad because of that completely. So yeah yeah I'm with you. All right, um, other side of this one. So Kenny Stills has been making a late season. A, a, let's say a, he's been surging the last two weeks. Last week, particularly big game, eight for one thirty-five and one. This week, if you let's say Odell Beckham played against Xavier Rhodes, you'd start Odell Beckham, but you would note to yourself that he had a tough matchup. Kenny Stills in this matchup likely not it's not a great fit for him. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode. Like that's not a great role for you. <laughs> Well, I, I think with Kenny Stills, like he still has just really big downfield speed. Like the, the, it, That's the kind of thing where they may target him less because of the matchup against Rhodes, but he needs fewer targets than most receivers to be productive. I, I'm not crazy about him for season long this week. Minnesota seems like a pretty obvious bounce-back sort of team, right? You get the Dolphins coming in. 
off the emotional high of beating the Patriots on that last play last week. And more importantly for the Vikings, your entire season hangs in the balance. You need to win to keep your playoff hopes alive. So I think they, they just match up pretty well with Miami. And yeah, Stills would be a guy that's probably on my bench in season-long leagues this week, even though he went crazy last week with the season-high nine targets, turning into eight for 135 and score. All right. Um, others, uh, next game, Raiders-Bengals. Oof. So if you're doing this game, the playable the 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 people you are almost certainly playing are Mixon, Boyd, and Cook. Beyond that, I think only Doug Martin makes you think. I mean, unless I don't know, you like I mean you don't like Carr enough unless the league's pretty deep, right? Yeah, I I don't want to use Carr. I mean, it, it's two quarterback leagues only, or I mean, you don't really have that many quarterback injuries. I guess if you lost Carson Wentz and weren't rostering a backup or something, maybe in a deeper league, Carr would end up being your your best option on the wire. Okay. Bengals defense is bad. Raiders defense is bad. So it, it, it's just a matter of like, how much do you trust bad offenses to beat up on bad defenses? Right. Uh, agreed. And this leads me to Doug Martin over the last. You know, five or six weeks, and generally over the season, the Bengals have been horrendous against opposing running backs. Does that enti- how much does that entice you to start Doug Martin, who Erickson has at RB twenty one? So that's that's a start in most cases. I think he's more of a flex. I'd probably have him closer to like twenty eight or thirty, but it's not that right. big of a deal. I mean, I think as far as your your averages go, and your 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 efficiency he's more efficient than Legarrette Blunt. if you're looking for a, a, a silver lining the Bengals are probably the worst run defense in the league so I, I think if you're looking at Martin as a player who you still trust to get 15 or so carries which he's had 18 and 16 the last two games right uh, 10 and 11 the two weeks before that but those were also like fairly tough matchups yeah, they played 14 snaps back in week 11 that's really weird but he's been playing more pretty consistently now for three weeks and I don't really see I don't see either one of these teams opening up a massive lead unless there's like special teams and defensive touchdowns mixed in. So I think Doug Martin is surprisingly useful this week. OK. Bucks Ravens looks like Lamar Jackson starts over a healthy Flacco. Uh, J- John Harbaugh was being cagey early in the week talking about, well, you know, Flacco would be involved in the game plan, too. And it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. They've, they've, they've moved on. Um, and this is a good matchup for Jackson. What about in their backfield? So Kenneth Dixon has kind of has Gus has the has the bubble burst on Gus Edwards because of how much Kenneth Dixon and to a lesser extent Ty Montgomery are involved. Well, yeah, I mean to an extent because with Edwards there wasn't really ever a pass catching role there in the first place. So you know you get two other guys that can do that, but they can both do some other stuff as well. The snap count for Edwards against Kansas City dropped to 44%. That was his lowest share since their bye week when he kind of took over against Cincinnati. Uh, Montgomery got up to 27%, and with Dixon on the field, also it was 32% share for Kenneth Dixon th- this past week. So. It could be a pure three-headed monster. It could be like Edwards for eight to ten carries. It could be Dixon for eight to ten plus a couple catches, and it could be Montgomery for four to six carries and two or three catches. Like they don't really want to throw the ball a lot, so there's more to go around. But there's not enough to go around when you have a very mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson to sustain 
two or three running backs most weeks. I, I just I, I'm kind of nervous about using any of them, even though it's a good spot against Tampa Bay. Like the Tampa Bay defense has been a little better against the pass in recent weeks since firing Mike Smith. Uh, but this is still a run defense that has really struggled. And, and the Ravens are, are built, even though they can exploit it as a team, we as fantasy owners might not be able to exploit it with the individual pieces very well. All right. Other side of this one. I mean, the Ravens defense is tough all around. So, so you look at, at this game and you go, okay, if I have Evans, I'm starting him. What about the people who own Humphreys and Godwin? Like, where do they fall in the in the wide receiver pecking order from you with this matchup? I don't think I want to play Godwin at all. I think Humphreys would be like a fringe full PPR flex option this week, like 30, 35th among wide receivers. Like I, I don't like I don't like the idea of James Winston having to figure out Baltimore's defense in Baltimore. I, I'm very concerned right. about the Bucks offense overall this week. And um, I, I actually kind of I, if you had the Ravens, like I'd feel pretty good about starting them, because even if even if Winston helps them put points on the board, you're expecting turnovers and, and mistakes, sacks along the way. Like that just seems like a lock as far as your defenses go this week. All right. So Jeff has Godwin at wide receiver twenty nine. The proje- weekly projections have Godwin at wide receiver thirty two. Sounds like that's a little high for you. I think it's a little high for me. Yeah, a little high. I mean, not way off, but I, I just I'm I'm convinced the Ravens' pass defense will take good or worse passing games and shut them down. And I think the Bucks might be good, but I, I I just I don't see them having a lot of success in that matchup. All right. Next up, Cowboys Colts. Are we okay with Marlon Mack? He had the injury a couple weeks ago, so so he had that one game where it looked like his usage was down. Probably because of that. Last week, you know, it, w- it wasn't great. I mean, he scored, but the effectiveness wasn't good. And it was, it's kind of, we, we were really excited about him, let's say, a month ago. Are we still in? Are we still ready to roll with him in most cases? Is he a top 20? I mean, he's got to be top 24 still, doesn't he? Yeah, he's probably still top 24, but he's definitely on the lower end of that range now. I mean, the Cowboys are pretty good against the run. The defense as a whole just doesn't allow much. They run a slow-tempo offense, so that might actually reduce the number of plays the Colts get to run. Like The Colts are high-tempo, so you just have kind of conflicting styles going here. Uh, so I, I think with Mack, you're probably looking at 55 to 60% of the snaps. That's been the normal trend for him for about five or six games now. Naheem Hines in the pass catching role. I, I'm okay with Mac, but I, I don't think he's a priority play or a, a must use. I mean, you've got him in that that situation with Sony Michelle. The reason I like Sony Michelle better is that I think Sony Michelle's role is a little more clearly defined, and I think that matchup lends itself to being a, more of a high scoring game by comparison. So if you're looking at something similar to what John has, you're probably erring on the side of the other back based on Marlon Mack, you know, sharing with Hines and. Uh, based on this particular matchup being pretty tough. All right. Um, the Rotowire Weekly Projections have Mac at running back 19. Jeff has him at running back 17. And I have him at running back 17. So there we go. Um, but I'm, I'm still th- – yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys in that little mix there, as I talked about earlier, like, and like you just said about me, my team. That's a little – you know, it, there, there's a, guy, a bunch of guys bunched up there where if I have one guy at 17 and another guy at 18, I probably would do it. But 
I could tinker over the course of the weekend. Lions, Bills. Oh, by the way, one more thing. T.Y. Hilton didn't practice Wednesday with an ankle issue. You're just going to want to watch that if you want uh, to. Lions, Bills. LaShawn McCoy didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, I think Chris Ivory did. So, I mean, this is... E- even if you think Chris Ivory, he practiced fully on Wednesday. This is desperation to go that way, even with a full potentially full workload against the Lions. This is not a preferred option for, for anybody, is it? No, it, it really isn't. I mean, uh, the Lions, I think, entering last week, were giving up like 4.2 yards per carry since adding Damon Harrison. So they weren't the sieve they were to begin the season. They'd kind of made some adjustments, and, and Harrison being out there, it's improved their run defense a bit. Um, I mean, Josh Allen's going to lead the Bills in rushing again this week, most likely, because if you had no one to throw to, you'd pull the ball down and run also. Better than standing there and getting hit. I mean, you might as well control when and where you're going to get hit instead of just standing in the pocket and taking it because no one's open. Uh, So I'm pretty pretty intrigued by Allen in this matchup. His price has ticked up on the DFS sites. I don't. In my mind, I don't have a scenario drawn up where I would be using him in a semifinal in a season-long league, but if you had to do it, I I think you feel a lot better about it now than you did four weeks ago. The Rotowire Weekly Projections. This is great. QB 15, Josh Allen. QB 18, Aaron Rodgers. Trash. (laughs) Who produces that garbage? (laughs) Okay, but wait a minute. It's funny. I saw someone this week, someone in our industry, uh, Joe Dolan, said, like, if, if you think things, something's crazy, you should see the people in my mentions asking if they should start Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers. So he had the same opinion you do, right? But I'm looking at this, and I know Josh Allen is volatile for sure, and I know he can't throw. Over the last five weeks, Aaron Rodgers is QB 21? I mean, I'm not not casting any aspersions on Aaron Rodgers' ability. I love the guy. But he's in a bad matchup, and his passing numbers have not been... I mean, you have not made your fantasy owners happy if you own Aaron Rodgers. He didn't really have to do much against Atlanta. Right. (laughs) I mean, I I watched that game because I'm a, a glutton for punishment. And uh, made a nice throw to Randall Cobb on the TD. Looked really good on the opening drive. And just Atlanta just never really made it close once the Packers uh, got rolling a little bit. I think after that pick six, that was kind of just the the end of that game. The thing about Rodgers that I think is, is intriguing is is not so much season long. I mean, season long, if you look, you look at what the Bears are doing to opposing quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. it's it's impressive. They're holding them like, to 12 points or less a lot of weeks. Like, it's been really impressive. Like, last week, what the Rams go, it was Goff. He was 20 of 44 for, like, 180 and four picks. It's ugly. Let- Giants, Eli Manning, 19 for 35, 170 in a TD. The Lions, Matthew Stafford with no receivers, 28 for 38, 236, two picks. Those, like, the, Ram- the Rams one is fresh in our minds. The the Bears defense teeing off on the current version of the Lions or on the Giants, okay, like that's that's a great defense taking advantage of a, a great matchup. But what they did to the Rams was pretty surprising. 
And most people are going to say, well, the Packers are nothing close to the Rams offensively. And I agree. But this is a, a Aaron Rodgers on one leg put up 30 fantasy points against the Bears in week one. I know. Like that happened. And, and I know Khalil Mack wasn't fully up to speed because of the time you missed during camp. And like the, <laughs> there are visions of Khalil Mack not being able to to run at the end of that long touchdown that Randall Cobb had in that game. But I just think it's a little weird to be this sour. And it's not about Allen. It's just about like, okay, this is this is a legendary quarterback that no longer has restrictor plate head coach. Has head coach who doesn't know how to cover his mouth when he calls plays now. So, yeah, yeah that's a little, <laughs> a little dicey. But I, I just, I don't know. Like, it, is, is Aaron Rodgers' floor really that different than Josh Allen's? And is his ceiling actually any lower than Josh Allen's? Like, it, Rodgers could still go off. Yes, like, he it, could. That could still happen. Just like Josh Allen can run for 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, that that's possible, too. But it's equally likely or just as likely that he doesn't go completely crazy. Like, I don't, I don't think they're radically different in part because of the Lions being the Lions. But I, I still I would have a really difficult time playing Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers in a season-long league this week. All right. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I get how that energy had, but I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a ridiculous yeah, – I, 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 I think it's a, it's a discussion worth having just because Rodgers' production has been eh. – I said, no, I, I, it, it, I understand how it's a conversation. I mean, he, he's still – this is the fourth fourth season now. He's at 7.5 YPA. That's his best mark since 2014. Rodgers hasn't been this amazingly efficient yards-per-attempt quarterback in years, which I think, again, says a ton about the scheme and not very much about who Rodgers is as a player. He's got a 23-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio this season. Right. All right. On almost 500 attempts. Speaking of this game, let's go to the other side of this game. Where, what do you what do you see in this game? By the way, you've been generally sour on the Packers. Are you still for this? I mean, Rodgers could go off, like you said. Generally, in this game, do you, do you think the Bears? Score, how many points do you think the Bears score? Twenty four. Okay. So where does it come from? Where is it most likely to come from? Because the Bears have a lot of fence-sitter fantasy player types. Cohen's going to do a lot of damage. Um, if Allen Robinson's hip's not an issue, I think he gets on the board with a TD this week. And probably like Taylor Gabriel on some some long screen or broken play sort of thing. I, I, mostly the usual suspects, but with Robinson getting back into the mix. So not after last week... Jordan Howard owners, if there are any in the playoffs, which might be difficult. If the, the Jordan Howard owners should not be as optimistic. Like he, he's, the, he's the conspicuous name that you left out. I mean, I don't want to... I was wrong about Jordan Howard for most of the season, so I, I don't want to look at last week and say, he's back, it's time, it's time for Jordan Howard to get 20 touches again. Like I, I think he's been getting... Bigger workloads at times than people realize, but it's it's more there's, there's a lot more variance with him from week to week than I expected. Right, like I, I thought there was a possibility he'd be rarely involved in the passing game, but they'd be winning a lot and he'd get eighteen to twenty carries every week. But there's weeks where he drops down to like seven or eleven. That's still on the table. 
Right. Like, I, I, I just I look at this as a, a situation where they can find different ways to get Cohen involved, and they they just may not have to run it that much. I mean, they they may have the luxury of kind of doing whatever they want against Green Bay's defense. All right. Um, Titans Giants. Odell Beckham sounds practicing. Things sound optimistic this week. Um, do, after last week, Derrick Henry made himself a top 20 running back for the season because of one game. I, I joke around with you that I don't like the word trust in fantasy football, but how much do you trust Derrick Henry? The carries per game uh, going back prior to last week, 10, 8, 9, 11, 6, 12, 7, 11, 8. Mm-hmm. That was going back to week four. I don't know how you can really feel good about a guy who probably averaged about 10 carries per game for the last eight or nine games before going off last week. The only thing that I think makes me feel good about Henry is that the Giants have been horrible against the run since trading away Damon Harrison. That has been a, a consistent issue for them. And the game script here should set up where it stays very close, so it's not going to be Titans down 10, down 14, having to throw a lot, because that's, that's the scenario you're trying to avoid with Henry. And I think if you're looking at Henry versus Damian Williams, you're playing Henry. Okay. I mean, if you're looking at Henry versus Justin Jackson, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, if we find out tonight that Justin Jackson's going to start because Melvin Gordon's inactive, and your choices come down to Jackson or Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. what do you do? I'm playing Justin Jackson. Just because the offense is better or because you think the, the, the touch volume is even safer? Because I think the touch volume is safer. And I think I'm, I'm looking at Derrick Henry. And look, I'm basing some of my Justin Jackson stuff on you know the, the way he looked tonight against the Steelers, which was pretty darn good. But Derrick Henry, before last week, had not rushed for more than 58 yards in a game. He like still got said, out-snapped last week. 63% yes. of the snaps for Lewis, 40% snap share for Henry. So they're on the field together for like one play or two plays yep. or something. But uh, Deion Lewis has had a larger percentage of the snaps than Derrick Henry every single week since week three. Yep. See, so, yeah, I'm not... I mean, look, maybe I know last year at the end of the year, people, some, some people are saying, you know, noting that he made a late push last year. So maybe it's happening. I'm, I'm not buying this. I mean, different, different coaching staff, all that stuff. I'm just not buying it. Unless they get up big against somebody, which I don't think is going to happen on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not buying I mean, I have him at RB27. Jeff has him at 24th. And the projection system has him at 21st. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more out than in. So. I get it. I understand. Um, Redskins, Jags. Redskins, so Josh Johnson is going to start a quarterback. He ran well last week. Um, his weapons, such that they are, might be depleted. Jordan Reed and Josh Doxson both did not practice on Wednesday. So you look at Adrian Peterson in this game. And I think back to the preseason when I was high on LaShawn McCoy. Because I looked and I said, and I, and, I, and I went against the grain on the idea that, you know, don't 
try, try to avoid people in bad offenses because I said he's the only guy there. They, they have to give him the ball 20 times a game. This is where we are with Adrian Peterson right now. Like it, it's, it's, he's, he's, the, he's the whole show. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a bad thing. I mean, right. Chris Thompson can can make a lot of plays too, though. All right, fair. And especially if you're breaking in a quarterback who learned his teammates' names by playing Madden, uh, <laughs> the short and intermediate passing game might be the the thing that, that Josh Johnson is leaned on aside from from running, and that that bodes well for a guy like Thompson. But um, Man, the Jags, their defense is rounding into form a little bit here down the stretch. Even though it's a lost season, they're they're definitely flashing. Like I, I, the Derrick Henry thing last week, obviously, is not a, a mark in their favor. But go back a week before that. Look what they did to the Colts at home the week before that. Like there's there are signs that there there's still something there on the defensive side of the ball at the Jags. I I, I think Peterson kind of falls into the the Derrick Henry range. Okay. And I think I like Henry's matchup quite a bit more. So wherever you've got Henry on your list, whether you think he's top 20, top 30, whatever, I'd have Henry ahead of Peterson because I think they have similar issues, but I think the Titans are much less likely to fall into a position where they have to go away from Henry than the Redskins are with Peterson. All right. Um, The other thing in this game, we're going to talk DFS tomorrow. I think Leonard Fournette is going to get 150 yards and two touchdowns in this game or something like that. Okay. The Redskins, in the last six games, last six weeks, the Redskins are the fourth worst team giving up fantasy points to opposing running backs. They have allowed approximately five and a half yards per carry. So, I mean, I, I think this is I, I think this is a twenty-four to three Jags win, and I think it's all four net. I I like where your head's at, and I think from season-long perspective, he's locked in because of his role. I think in DFS, he's going to be kind of ignored this week, too. So if you are into Fournette carving up a deteriorating mm-hmm. Redskins defense, I think he's a fantastic tournament play. Yep. Cardinals-Falcons. So the Cardinals not great against opposing running backs. Are you Tevin Coleman, Ita? Like, I can't go... Tevin Coleman is just too frustrating. Like I feel like Ito's a better play than him, maybe. I think Ito's not very good either. Right. I, I think they are just stuck in the middle. Like I, I, I thought Coleman was a good tournament play last week. I wrote him up in my DraftKings article, and he got 10 carries for 45 yards. He got four and a half yards of carry, but only had 11 total touches. They, they went away from him. They used Ito enough and fell far enough behind where they decided to get away from it. So process... Might have been okay. Result, horrible. Um, and this is four games, five games now. If you count the carries, 11, 8, 8, 6, 10. They just, they're just not putting a, a heavy workload on Coleman. Even that great game against Washington back in week nine, which maybe kind of started the Redskins defense against running backs turning into a, a, a trash can. He had 18 touches in that game and turned it into 32 DraftKings points. Right. That's a monster day with not that many touches. All right. Um, otherwise, in this game, Austin Hooper probably not going to play for the Falcons. What about the other side of the receivers? If Julio and Peterson, if Peterson's trying to beat up on Julio, I mean, you, you know, you're playing Julio for sure. 
Does does this lead to Sanu or Ridley having a nice game? I think so. I mean, Ridley only had four targets last week. Only had five in a tough matchup against Baltimore. So you, you kind of get four to five targets as the low end, but he popped up to 13 against the Saints in Week 12, had nine against Washington back in Week 9. I like Atlanta being back at home this week. Uh, I think away from Peterson, you can find ways to break this, this defense down. I think Hooper potentially being out, or, or I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but Hooper not being out there would bump up the secondary receivers a bit. And again, I'm not, I'm not worried about Julio. I think Julio can produce against anyone, but I think you will see more favorable matchups for both Sanu and Ridley. And I think Ridley's the guy that I like a little bit more this week. It's, it's always pretty close. Like Sanu's always right. the floor and Ridley's the ceiling, but this looks like a nice spot for Ridley. Agreed. Um, all right, the other note of this game, David Johnson didn't practice Wednesday. Sound like he's going to play. Sounds like he's going to play, but you're going to need to keep an eye on that. Seahawks Niners. Matt Breida limited on Wednesday. We're going to need to keep an eye on him. I think based on the Seahawks play, last another one, last six games, Seahawks have been given up five and a half yards of carry to running backs and, and a bunch of catches. Like, I, I wouldn't hesitate one bit to play Jeff Wilson if Breida's out. Yeah, I, I, I like whichever one of those guys is starting. I, I definitely like the San Francisco running backs this week. I don't know if you can... Get away with using the second guy if they're both active because I don't, I don't know if they're going to get enough volume to, to have it pay off. But, uh, yeah, if Breed is out, Jeff Wilson, definitely a strong play. Doug Baldwin still banged up. And in Seattle's defense, people are going to be a, probably a little higher than they should be on the Seahawks coming off of that Monday night performance. Maybe Mike Zimmer's mad because he knew how bad that Seattle run defense has been, and John Filippo didn't really take advantage of that. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's a, a multi-week issue there. They didn't look good in New England either. But yeah, Seattle, is, as well as they've been playing at times, still leaks a lot of yards against the run. And I think San Francisco will be good about taking advantage of that. All right. Do you, do you, are you surprised? Jeff has Russell Wilson at QB 20. Does that surprise you? Why? I mean, San Francisco, if you're going you're gonna to beat the Niners easily, you do it throwing on them. Right. I mean, the Niners have been okay against opposing fantasy quarterbacks number wise, but I think it's a little low. The projection system has them at QB fourteen. Yeah, that's. Like, I, I was kind of high on them this week, and they're not. I mean, he's seventy-two passing yards and probably threw the worst interception I've seen in an NFL game in no a while. Kidding, right? That was a like horrendous decision making, and I don't even know. Like in his mind, I mean, I, I get, stuff's happening so fast in the NFL that you're just reacting and just doing things. But I was really surprised at how bad that interception was in that situation at the end of the first half on Monday. But Wilson, I mean, he's at 8.1 yards per attempt. He doesn't throw the ball a lot. He's very TD dependent right now, but San Francisco gives up a lot through the air. I I just think you can, they played two weeks ago. Why why are they playing again already? Four touchdowns in that game over 10 yards per attempt. Uh, But he only threw 17 times. And more likely than not, going on the road with a closer game, yes. he'll probably have to throw it more. So even if he gets into like 27 to 30 attempts in that range where he's been most of the season, two or three touchdowns seems pretty likely in this matchup. And the potential for a couple big plays in the air could totally skew that yardage output. I think he could go high 200s, even low 300s yardage-wise if San Francisco can do anything to move the ball against the Seattle defense. Pat Steelers, fun game. Um, James Conner, we mentioned him earlier. He didn't practice Wednesday. We're going to have to keep an eye on him. 
Have you seen Juju's home road splits? I have not, but I am immediately going to question whether or not I think they're even relevant. Really? Okay. Probably true. I mean, it's just, it's, they're ridiculous. Like, he's had these blow-up games on the road. I mean, he's had a couple at home, but generally it's, been, it's just been a little different. And Brown's been I, the reverse. Do so. you think that's got something to do with catching Tampa Bay early in the season on the road, the Bengals in the middle of the season on the road, and the Raiders the last Raiders. week? Like, those are, like, early season Tampa Bay, Cincinnati all year, Oakland all year, those are some of the worst defenses by far in the league. Right. Yeah, you're right. And then the matchups do, I mean, looking at that, the matchups do leave that. I don't know. It's just, it's been, he also had a good game at Baltimore. He was seven for 78. So eh, it's not, that wasn't a blow up game. That's impressive though, because Baltimore's good. Yep. Um, is there a fence sitter of a player in this game that you like? I don't know who qualify. I mean, you know, Gronk's not. Edelman's probably not a fence sitter. Like James White or Vance McDonald or I don't know. Anyone like that? Like I, I'm, most players in this game, I feel like okay, I know who I'm going to start. The McDonald and White are probably the two that you got to think about. I mean, you're starting Gordon, so I mean, I, I'm out on James White generally right now. He's down to 40 percent snap share last week, and there, I mean, there was that run from like week five to week ten where he was 60 percent plus in all but one game. It's over as long as everybody's healthy and as long as they're not playing from behind for several quarters. I mean, right. if, if the Steelers go up 21 nothing in the first quarter, great. It's a, it's a fantastic James White game, but that's an extremely unlikely sort of scenario. So I, I, I don't want to bank on that. Um, so, yeah, I think White would be the guy in New England that I'm probably shying away from, even though I want to have a lot of uh, players going in this game. And on the Pittsburgh side, they're just like modern Tecmo. Like, they're so easy to read <laughs> where it's like, they have two guys that play receiver that catch a ton of passes. They have a tight end they use pretty frequently in Vance McDonald. I think McDonald's probably in, which says more about the state of the tight end position than anything else. Um, but I think James White is a guy that I'm just I'm really trying to avoid if I can in season long this week because the role is just a lot lighter right now with all those other backs healthy. All right, Eagles-Rams Sunday night. Carson Wentz. Sounds like Carson Wentz is going to miss this game and possibly miss the rest of the season. So you plug in Foles for Wentz. What, how does that make you view the, the Eagles pass catchers? Well, I, I, at first I thought we could look back at the first couple games this season and, and see you know how things in the first two weeks were impacted with targets, but then you start accounting for Elshon Jeffrey wasn't on the field then. Right. Golden Tate wasn't on the team then. And I, I don't think you can really pull a whole lot of value from that so i think with Foles that they I mean, they won the super bowl with this guy last year they can kind of run their offense the way they want to and maybe what they've been doing over the last four weeks is actually a better indication of what they're likely to do this week than it ordinarily would be with a backup quarterback i think you have to kind of look at backup quarterbacks normally and say short intermediate passing game lots of stuff for the tight ends and running backs i think Ertz is going to be busy regardless Tate being there as a good slot receiver probably picks up extra work. And I think it's it's all going to come down to like the Rams on the outside, too, where you have Aqib Tlaib back in that secondary. That's another tough matchup probably for Elshon Jeffrey. So maybe Jeffrey's stock is down again, even though he had a huge target share last week. And Golden Tate's stock is up slightly. That's probably the, the way I'd look at it. Maybe Nelson Aguilar. 
again, probably not in season long, but more in like a DFS tournament mindset becomes slightly more interesting if you try to figure out how the Rams are going to defend those Eagles pass catchers. All right. On the other side of this, Rams implied point total 31.5. This is a bounce back game after the last two weeks for them. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're feeling good. If you survived last week with Woods or Cooks or Gurley or whoever we've been leaning on, Goff, and it, it was a big disappointment last week, you're positioned for the Rams to go completely crazy in this spot against the Eagles. I think the Eagles can hang around, but I, I just I, I, I don't see them getting a lot of stops. I think the Rams are going to have a field day with that defense. I agree. All right, Monday night, Saints-Panthers. Um, we talked about Ian Thomas last week. That worked out. That was good. Yeah, you were all over him. I, I, myself I, on the back. I, I put him in the DraftKings article as a tournament play, so I, I, I should have given you like full credit on that. I should have just said, John Helpin thinks this, and then <laughs> just, just put like put the link to the podcast in there with, t- after, the, after the write-up. I told you last week that I was going to do a lineup of Ian Thomas, Samuels, Deshaun Hamilton, and and someone, uh, you know, Wilson? cheap running. I think Wilson. You probably would, you would have you would have smashed it like they all were pretty good and if you just hit the right high end guys like I did you not. would have crushed. No, it was like Antonio Brown and oh it was no, that kind of deal. yeah, no, I, oh that that's the worst when you find the the bottom end guys and they all make value and then the the locks at the top are just a little bit off. Like right. you didn't have Christian McCaffrey going right, like right, and McCaffrey was all TDs last week. Yeah, it was bad because I was it, so it, excited that I was that I was hitting on the cheap guys. If, if you faded Christian McCaffrey last week yeah. at his like season high price, you look, you look at the line and you cover up the TD column. You'd feel pretty good about right. the fade. And he got a third <laughs> one called back. Yeah, uh, he's he's a monster right now. Um, so this game, I think this is a, I think this is a Cam game. I think the pan they played well at home this year. Remember the struggles they've had recently. Much of it on the road. I don't I mean I don't think they're good. I don't know if they win. But I think if they if um, unless they're going to roll over, which I don't think is going to happen, I think this is a this is a cam game. Like I think he's going to run more. I think he's going to be okay. I know the shoulder issues have been talked about a lot and even the, even he and the coach have addressed him. But I think this is a I think this is the you know, cam steps up at least statistically game. I can definitely see that. If you're ranking the pass catchers, I mean, again, drawing McCaffrey out because we love McCaffrey. If you're ranking Moore versus Samuel versus Funches versus uh, Ian Thomas, what's your what's your priority list with the three receivers and the tight end of this offense in this matchup? Funches ranks 87th out of those four. Okay, 87th out of four. Yep. Um, I think that it's more... Thomas Samuel, even though you figure that Moore would draw Lattimore quite a bit. Samuel's been targeted a lot lately. He's they, he's been busier. I didn't know that they'd get him this busy, and he's gotten busy. But yeah, I think Thomas does. I mean, the, the Saints have been good against tight ends, but I think Thomas has a, Tom, Thomas is a top ten tight end right now. I mean, that's that's that. They're throwing to him enough. He's a good receiver. You know, no issues there. I, I worry about more with Lattimore. Man, more moves around a lot, though, right? Like he's he's yep. not just going to line up on the outside. And, nope, you're right. And be totally locked down, though, either. So I, 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 if you're the Panthers, like you're you're putting Devin Funchess 
wherever Marshawn Lattimore wants to play, and you're like, here, take this guy. Right. <laughs> in the chess game, like, here, have this. Have this piece. Good luck making that work, but okay. Yeah, no, I mean, Lattimore will, will adjust himself. Like, it's it's not <laughs> it's not just like, well, I guess I'll just cover this guy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not, it doesn't work like that. But Funchess is... He's like the new Kelvin Benjamin. Like, even though he's not playing at, at such a willfully low level yet, like people just hate Devin Funches. Hate him. Right. Like should the Panthers trade him for a sixth round pick or something in the offseason? Well, he's he's at the end of his, I think, fourth year. So he doesn't have, they don't have the fifth year on him or they anything. They can let like him that. walk. I he's, think, he's, they're they're going to let him walk. Yeah, they are. Things are it's so bad because in the beginning of the year, it looked like things were okay. And it just went downhill, and now you got these other dynamic players, and you're going, "Oh yeah, we don't need him." And um, you know, is there is there a, anybody out there who still likes Devin Funches? Can you think of anybody on Twitter in the in the great Twitter sphere no. in fantasy football who is like, "No, Devin Funches is good, and the Panthers are wrong. They're not doing it right. Like he's he's going to be good somewhere else." I, I can't think of anybody who who says that or thinks that about Funches? Yeah. Everybody seems to hate this guy. I think the final nail in the coffin around here last week was when Cam threw a pass to him and he literally hadn't turned his head and the ball just kind of whipped by his head. Mm. And Cam was yapping at him on the sideline later. So, yeah, not good. I so. mean, if, if you want to look at, like, air yards, like potential production, Funches is 3rd, 6th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 15th, 18th, He's 23rd in the league in air yards. Not terrible. He, he's in the same range as Corey Davis mm-hmm. and Robbie Anderson and Dante Moncrief. He's ahead of, of Allen Robinson. He's ahead of Michael Thomas. But again, air yards has certain limitations. Certain guys aren't running far downfield and things like that. But, huh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, some some team will be interested in Funches. I you know who's you know who's going to sign Devin Funches when he becomes a free agent? Who? Washington. He's he's hundred <laughs> percent going to Washington. That's probably true. Um, one more thing in this game. So as bad as the Panthers have been against opposing wide receivers, you can't play Traquan Smith, right? I don't think so. But um, he had that one game that teases you, and he has the talent that teases you. But everything just says. But that one game says, don't do it. He just seems like a a single game slate DFS play on Monday night that you'd be like, yep. yeah, okay, here's my tournament guy, here's my here's my twist at the end. That, but I almost feel like that's going to be a popular twist at the end. Even with two targets the last two games, people are going to say, yeah, Traquan Smith is priced down. Let's let's throw him out there. Right. But you're right. You're, you're riding on one game. You are I mean, riding on one game. If you look at week ten, no targets against the Bengals. Played fifty one snaps. Week 11, 13. 10 catches, 157 in a score. Didn't play against Atlanta. 40 snaps each of the last two games. One target per game. It's really strange. Yep. All right. What else you got going on? DraftKings article should go up later today. And uh, let's see. DFS pod comes up this afternoon. So uh, lots of, of DFS stuff coming up today. How about you? Um, you know, this you talking with you tomorrow. That's pretty much it. That's that's what you're looking forward to. That's it. Next 24 hours. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> and we yeah we gotta, gotta send a, a basket of fun stuff your way. It's, it's it. There's other stuff, but it's not stuff anyone would be the least bit interested in. So like, hey John, tell me about your content marketing for that, you know, small <laughs> company. I mean, I like it, but no one cares. 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's probably probably not the most fascinating thing to talk about, <laughs> even though it's it's good to do. Well, if anyone would like to talk about it uh, elsewhere, I'm on Twitter at jhalpin37. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. And uh, our main account is at Rotowire. Folks, listeners to this podcast and get a free den- free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you, lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look. Rotowire.com slash pod. Please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I said, I'm very much looking forward to Friday's edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, where Derek and I will go over the injury reports, latest news, etc. So please come on back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.